Hey everybody, Amos Professor here, and I want to welcome you back to the Payments Podium. We're continuing our Who Is and our What Is series, where we've been covering things like what is Nacho, what is a payment association. Well, today I'm excited because we're going to be discussing what is a banker's bank. A banker's bank is something that is out there, and we see it in a lot of literature. We see it in a lot of different payment channels. And to be able to help us understand what a banker's bank is, I have two wonderful people representing two separate bankers banks that are going to help us to understand what a banker's bank is, what it is that they do, the types of services that they offer, the type of industry or people in the industry that they actually work with. So I want to welcome Mary Williams and Melinda Rickle. Uh, would you guys actually do me the favor and let's say, Mary, if you would introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what your title is, and what bankers bank you represent. Hello, um, I'm Mary Williams, United Bankers Bank, um, and I am the Chief Operations Officer um, and have been here for a number of years. Okay. And Melinda, if you would do the same, uh, who are you and what Bankers Bank do you represent? Hello, my name is Melinda Rickle. I'm with the Bankers Bank of Oklahoma. been with the bank uh, for about 23 years. I am the Senior Vice President and the Chief Operations Officer. All right. Now to get us started, let's go with the main question. It's the easiest question ever to, if you know, but it's also one of those that when you ask this question, there's a lot of people, even in the banking industry, that don't understand what is a banker's bank? Why do we have banker's banks? And uh, people off the street that I talk to, you know, like my kids' functions, things like that, backyard barbecues. When I mention there are banker's banks, they're like, what? What is a banker's bank? Why do banks need banks? So who wants to jump in first on tackling what a banker's bank is, what it does, or who they serve? Now, you know, at a banker's bank, also known as a correspondent bank, you know, it's a financial institution uh, primarily uh, serving uh, community banks. Um, we were the first banker's bank um, in 1975, um, formed because our uh, local community banks wanted alternatives and expertise in helping them to offer products, services, and at a lower cost. Okay, so you've been around since 1975, or UBB, United Bankers Bank, has been around since 1975, serving right. community banks. Yes, since 1975, UBB was formed. We were the first Bankers Bank. I, well, Melinda, what would your answer be if somebody asked, what's a banker's bank? Well, I would say that the, the definition, when you look it up, it's, it is a specific type of bank that a group of larger, more established banks create to support community banks. But I think support community banks is, is what we do. And that is, that is defined uh, by all of us. I mean, we have all that in common. Uh, and I love that you went to the official definition, then you broke it down, too. I, that's what I do. I mean, that's what I tell people is, you know, if you look at it, the reality is there's a lot of different banking services that are out there that people, you know, off the street may not realize because I know we see things, checks, wires, international payments. We now have FedNow. We see RTP, all these different services that are out there. And the way I understand it, and, and there's actually many more you guys are the ones that are out there helping the community banks, the smaller banks in the nation to be able to offer those services and remain competitive with the large financial institutions that everybody knows about. Would that be a correct statement? Yes. Yes. All right. Now, I mentioned a lot of the different services. 
When you're talking to community banks, what services do you usually mention to let them know that this is what we can do for you? Melinda, you can go first. So, so uh, not from a marketing perspective, from an operations perspective, I would tell a customer that we can do anything that the Federal Reserve Bank can do. Uh, we do all payments, all types of payments, including FedNow, and we are definitely um, geared to to work with community banks on all those payment processes. We like to employ and create subject matter experts. So that's what we like to say that we do here at the Bankers Bank. We replace their backroom operations expertise in some way. You replace or you complement that we call Yes, absolutely. We offer expert advice to, to our customers uh, who need help with their backroom operations. So you actually are, in a way, an extension of those backroom operations to be able to aid your community banks that you're serving and working with to have more expertise available at their disposal? Yes, I would, like to, I would like to think we are an extension of their operations. Right. Mary, what do you say when people ask about what services are out there? Um, you know, I, I probably would go a broader level. Um, although I'm in charge of the operations, um, we, we offer a lot of different services. And I, I tell them if, it, if the operational side, as Melinda mentioned, we're an extension of you. Uh, we don't compete with you. We're, we're there to assist and add value. Um, so we're a value add. Um, but we have many other services that we have. Um, we have, we kind of talk about four-legged stool. Um, that we offer. And one is loans. We do a lot of lending, bank, bank stock loan, um, participations. Uh, we have an investment um, department that allows them to be able to uh, have safekeeping, bond accounting. They can. can I, I got to interrupt you on that one because I want yeah. people listening to this because a lot of people who follow the payments professor are just now getting into the banking industry. So when they hear loan, is that like they go to buy a car and you're going to issue the loan to them? Or is that more of a situation like it's a financial institution and you loan them large sums of money that they then can use for loans or other purposes? Um, it would be the latter. Um, we only work with banks. So we wouldn't work directly with a um, person off the street for a car loan or any of those types of things. Um, we work directly with the banks to help participate out loans for large businesses or customers that they don't have a legal limit for lending um, available to them that we can assist and then we participate with other uh, banks um, in the industry so um, they have uh, loans to fund their balance sheets. Okay, see, I think that's cool. And then on the investments, if I understand right, to help people, on the, you know, again, off the street, layperson understand what a banks, all banks, what they do is they invest their the money that they have. They invest the deposits, the money that they have. We, you know, refer to commonly as their liquidity type situations so that they can make more money off of that money. You know, they find ways to invest it to be able to help that institution to grow. And you offer services to be able, both of you, I understand, offer services to help that happen. Yes. Um what, what it allows us to do is um, the bank can now purchase bonds or securities or those types of services, um, just like a, a customer would come into the bank and have a CD or they would 
um, purchase something that they're investing their money in. We offer it um, out for the banks to be able to invest their funds and get a high rate of return um, just as anybody's looking for. So um, keeps their money liquid. Uh, they're able to earn interest um, and they need deposits uh, to be able to fund loans. So. Uh, well, okay. What other services? Because I mean, that's a lot in itself. But like, for example, here's one I, I love to talk about: ACH. ACH services are you know people getting direct deposit, people being able to do direct billing, that type of situation. What if I'm a small community bank and I want to be able to offer ACH services? Are you going to be able to help with that? Yes. Yeah, we can offer. Those are part of the operational services. So. Um, of my four-legged stool, investments, loans, operations, and then we have consulting services. So the uh, operational side offers the payment side of it, um, ACH processing. We can help with wires. Uh, we can help with, as uh, Melinda mentioned, FedNow. Um, in the payments industry, we do check processing. Um, and so any of those operational things that happens in the payment side is part of the uh, another service that's offered throughout the, the banker's bank market. All right. You mentioned FedNow, and that's a hot topic on the Payments Professor website uh, and on the YouTube channel big time. Get lots of questions about it. And people know that it's a 24-7, it's a 365 service. Now, my question would be, why would a community bank go to one of you for that service rather than just going directly to the Fed themselves since, you know, it is 24-7-365, why would they go to you for that instead of direct to the Fed? Well, for one thing, uh, the, hopefully they will come to us for, as a funding agent so that we're able to monitor their activity and their balance over the weekend when Fedwire is not available to them. So uh, do, does that mean that we're going to hire people that work 24-7-365? It does not. But we are, we do have the capacity and the capability of monitoring those balances and um, actually allowing our customers not to uh, be able to sleep better at night, I suppose, maybe one, one result of that. Uh, but we manage their liquidity on off-fedwire hours. So, is, Mary, is that that correspondent type thing that you're talking about, that correspondent service? Is that where that falls into? Yeah, um, a lot of that is... Um, Part of the being able to have a diversification of funding sources, um, a banker's bank has the ability to offer out Fed fund lines and offer um, excess balance accounts. And so they have different sources. Um, so if a, a bank doesn't have a lot of liquidity management sources, uh, a banker's bank would offer some flexibility and some options for them. Okay. Now, I, I also believe a lot of that, too, is uh, some of your community banks, they don't necessarily have all the resources as far as the people or want to do the investment that is required to be able to have the direct connection to FedNow. Because for those of you listening, a connection to FedNow requires a lot of time, a lot of maintenance, and it's not cheap. And you're able to offer that to them as a much lower discount or lower price than if they were to do it themselves. Yeah, that would be correct. Um, they wouldn't have that connection and or maintenance and following up and doing all of that on their own. Um, and they don't have the liquidity options um, necessarily 
with uh, with the Fed. Now they have some programs in place for borrowing, but you can't borrow on a weekend. You can't borrow after hours or business hours. So what uh, a banker's bank is uh, really utilizing or trying to do is allow them some flexibility, as Melinda stated, to monitor, alert, um, watch balances that 24 by 7 by 365. Um, and the bank doesn't have somebody on call or monitoring their uh, balances on their own. What about if they need reporting on it? Or what if they just need to be able to balance, like you said, those actual accounts? Are you going to be able to help them with that? Or can you also help them on balancing those different services that they're offering? We do offer balancing services. Uh, the most common balancing service that we provide is for ACH balancing. So our customers uh, frequently call us and ask when they are out of balance on their banker's bank statement, uh, can you help me with this? We do offer that service. We have actually um, someone that goes on site if uh, that is necessary to help our customers remain you know, in balance because reconcilement is uh, another issue in the back room. Yeah, I know in my early days of working with ACH, when we had the AS400 machines, it was about a nightmare to have to balance. And that's where the bankers' banks would come in and just save the day for those that worked with them, because you had better reporting than what we had at the you know the local branch, let's say. All right, another one that I think is fun, too, is like I hear uh, international wires. And I know that that's a space that can be expensive to be able to get into and usually you work with like say a fintech to do it is that something that you can help people with too is you can can you help a community bank who wants to do more than just domestic u.s payments can you help them to expand their offerings to be beyond the u.s yes um we are able to um, we've got a product suite of uh, international services um, that are whether it's a wire um, you need foreign currency, uh, somebody's going on a trip, or they bring money back and they want it exchanged uh, for U.S. money, or um, with the Canadian check scanning has been uh, something that's really taken um, step, or I don't, I don't have the right word. <laughs> It's about, it's taken off. I mean, I, I, yes. we got to let people know, Mary, you're up in Minnesota, so you're right there close to the Canadian border. I got a feeling you see a lot more Canadian checks than some yeah. of us like, you know, Melinda in the Midwest may see. Right. Absolutely. So uh, them being able to uh, scan those items and Canadian banks now to accept them as images was a, a huge step in that process and processing foreign uh, checks and stuff like that. So um, it's uh, it's been a good uh, product and it allows the banks to have, take uh, maybe less risk because they're clearing a little bit faster than when everything was mailed and then you had to wait for paper to be delivered um, between uh, the Minnesota or the uh, United States uh, to the Canadian bank and then they have different laws and so yeah it's a it's a process and the fx stuff has really been um, advanced a lot over the last five years okay now another question that comes up because i'm sitting here and i'm you know putting this all together in my head and it's something that i hear from a lot of people is they go you know these bankers banks sound a lot like a fintech so are they really a fintech or are they an actual bank that's offering services now, what would you tell people? Would you tell people that, no, we're not a fintech? I mean, because I think you work with fintechs to help further provide some of these services. 
but you're actually truly a bank. And I think you even have relationships directly with the Fed yourself, whereas fintechs don't normally have that. So what would you tell people is, you know, really the difference between the two and how would you describe that? Well, the Bankers Bank is a bank. We uh, have accounts. We just can't open accounts for anyone other than a financial institution. Uh, we are chartered uh, either state or federally chartered. So we are definitely a bank. Some of us do have um, some expertise in other areas. The Bankers Bank of Oklahoma has a little more fintech uh, to it maybe than, uh, not, not more than Minnesota, but maybe more than some of the other bankers banks. So it depends actually upon the um, philosophy of, of each individual bankers bank, how whether they are uh, partially fintech or if they just work with fintechs. Okay, but with that, you're a chartered official bank. Does that mean that you're required to go through all the audit and all the regulatory processes that other financial institutions are, are going through? Which, again, those are services that are out there or requirements that are to help protect the financial security of the whole entire system in the United States, but of also anybody who works with you. So do you have those same types of audit and regulatory requirements that you have to go oh, through? Oh, absolutely. We have the same audit and regulatory requirements of any uh, financial institution. We may be looked at a little more closely because of the type of business that we do. Since we are a financial institution that does processing for other financial institutions, um, the, the Fed, as well as OCC, often looks at us um, as in a systemic, systemic manner. Um, mm -hmm. I think sometimes yeah, maybe we're... is huge yeah. because if one of us goes down, we all go down. And uh, that, that, that's why it's such a big deal because you represent so many different yes. accounts. I see why that's... Uh, you know, important. Um, another term I want to throw a little curveball one at you here is here EBA accounts, EBA clearing, that type of situation. And I've had a lot of people ask me recently, what is that? I have never heard of that. And I mean, some of these people have been in banking for decades and they're like, what, what are EBA accounts? Can, can you maybe give a, a cliff note version of what EBA is? Well, EBA stands for excess balance account. Fed established those around 20, Mary, help me, around 2008 or 2009 uh, yeah. when, when the yeah. Fed fund market uh, hit kind of a financial crisis. We, the Federal Reserve established excess balance accounts. Those accounts are used by the bankers' banks, uh, which so it's not surprising that other financial institutions might not know about that, used by the bankers' banks for investment off of our, you know, outside of our balance sheet. Uh, so we, we use the EBA account at the Federal Reserve to hold our customers' funds, and those are a liability of the Federal Reserve. So they are no-risk deposits. Okay, and now I understand, like you said, when those came about, it was like in the crisis after mm -hmm. 2008. So mm -hmm. what I wanted to get to and why I asked that is because, again, people haven't heard of it. But it, and I also ask, you know, the regulatory requirement, because I believe the bankers banks are critical to the backbone of the United States. And when it comes to the financial sector and what we have and what we offer, but you're held to, you even said higher standards to help protect the soundness and security of that. So I would say, what would you tell a community bank 
uh, I want to hear this answer from both of you. What would you tell a community bank of why you should come and work with a banker's bank? What it's going to do for them, what it's going to mean for them uh, beyond, you know, what I'm just pointing out of the extra layer of security that's actually there, the way things are treated, the way that the industry has adopted itself as we've seen things evolve throughout the years. Um, I, I guess I'll start. Um, you know, the, the thing that we see uh, with a lot of the banks and, and why it's been important for us to play in the space we do is we offer these products and services similar to the Federal Reserve. And, but I can honestly say that the customer service and the support and all of that that we have behind all of this mm -hmm. is what drives those uh, banks to us. Um, they can pick up the phone and call us on any of this stuff. Uh, they can, they know that because we work with hundreds of banks across the industry, we are a good resource uh, or have heard you know, somebody working with this vendor and how has it been? Or um, do you have any alternatives? How about a, I'm looking for something new? Do you offer that? If you don't offer it, do you know someone who does? Um, so we've become, you know, that consulting um, area. We're not just an operations shop. We're not just a um, financial institution correspondent that offers services and settlement. And, and really, I think that's how we were formed to be able to to be that settlement agent, and now we've become a whole lot more as the um, payment industry has revolutionized to be electronic and, and stuff. We've now become what used to be a bank to now we've become, um, you mentioned earlier, almost a fintech, but technology drives everything we do. So. Yeah. And Melinda, what would you say? What would you say to, hey, community banks, this is why you want to come work with a banker's bank. This is what we do for you. Well, I think it's uh, economies of scale a little bit that we offer some economies of scale that they can't get on their own. For example, we can pool their excess funds. Uh, we're, just, we're talking about the excess balance account. We do still have a Fed fund market, so we can pool their excess funds and sell upstream um, for to to get a better rate than they would get, you know, on their own. Uh, but I think Mary said it very well. Uh, we represent them in the industry. Uh, I think all of the Bankers Bank participate in industry uh, organizations and meetings, and we offer that type of expertise, the backroom expertise, as well as uh, consulting, audit. You know, there's a plethora of, of subject subjects that we right. you know, we try to stay within the eco, the payment ecosystem and the banking ecosystem we try to maintain a national presence all of the bankers banks try to do that see i think what you guys do is you make community banks stay competitive you help them to be more secure you help them to do more than they ever could do on their own by adding those additional services. Now, I also want to, you know, one of my last questions I got for both of you, and I got to hear this answer from both of you, is I know both of you quite well. You're both so passionate about what you do. You're so passionate about being there, helping your customers, helping your community banks to be able to succeed. I know both of you have had your jobs at your prospective <laughs> bankers banks for quite a while too. So if you would, I want to hear how long you've been where you're at, because I think that shows how of an incredible job it is to be at a banker's bank and why you get in there and why you stay so long. But 
how did you end up working at a banker's bank? Because people who come on the payments professor, we usually ask, how'd you end up in payments? But your question is, how did you end up working at a banker's bank when a lot of people don't even know what they are? Well, Banker's Bank of Oklahoma was my customer, but I worked at a fintech. So they were uh, kind enough when they had a position available to think of me. Uh, hopefully I did a good enough job when I was their uh, vendor that they appreciated my customer service skills. So I actually was offered the position because they had something available and I was a vendor at the Banker's Bank. I started working for the Banker's Bank of Oklahoma in 2000. 2000, wow. Before that, I was, <laughs> so sorry. No, 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 before, but before that we worked, uh, I did work for the check processing uh, vendor of the Banker's Bank of Oklahoma. Well, and I can uh, say I've been here, I started in 2007. Um, I uh, took a position to actually um, uh, develop and implement the Check 21 uh, image exchange at United Bankers Bank. Um, and, and I was approached by uh, the, per the president I was working for at a community bank at the time that this position came up who said, um, you need to apply for this job. And I said, what? Why would you want me to apply for a job outside of the bank? And he said, because you were meant for bigger things. And um, so I, I applied um, for the position and, and I got it. Um, started in 2007. Um, and so, you know, part of the development of the Check 21 was a was kind of a, a landmark or something too for the industry mm -hmm. and certainly for us as a banker's bank. Um, but uh, operationally, I've been working in the, the market for a long time, like Melinda said too. We've been in the financial services um, industry for, um, you know, I, mine is 40 years. I'm sure yours is closer, similar, maybe even a little bit more yeah, than mine. 43. And, <laughs> Yeah, see, not much. So we, yeah, we love we love mm -hmm. what we do, um, but we love the the mission that we have um, to maintain for community banks and and make sure that they are successful in their communities and and stay relevant. So that's really the the goal of I think all bankers banks. I agree. So. And you know, and I loved hearing you mention how you came in to build it for Check 21 mm -hmm. to be able to take when, you know, uh, for those listening, not mm -hmm. everybody could image checks right away. It, you know, it wasn't such a level playing field as you might think it was. But what you guys do is you do level the playing field. And now we have these instant payments that are taking over the industry. And you're out there providing those services so that people can connect to FedNow, so they can connect to RTP. And so these community banks can stay competitive and offer all the same services that the large financial institutions do. And that's what I think a banker's bank does is you just you, you keep everything even, but you do it with that little extra touch, too, which I just find to be phenomenal. So any, any closing comments that you'd want to tell people, like if they're thinking about getting in with working with the banker's bank or maybe if, you know, they wanted to come work with you guys what would you tell them i would say come on welcome aboard we're here to we're here to serve your needs yeah absolutely um we're here to to um, offer whatever services you are looking for and hopefully hopefully we'll be able to add uh, that value to um your to what you're doing today 
Um, and how do we help make sure that whatever you're providing your customers, that we're helping stand behind you. All right. Well, Mary, Melinda, thank you both for attending. For those of you listening or watching this, if you'd like to get in contact with either of them, Mary is with United Bankers Bank. You will find her on LinkedIn as well. Melinda is with The Bankers Bank. It's actually in Oklahoma City, but you can find her on LinkedIn as well. If you're struggling to find either one of them, get a hold of me. I will get you in touch with them, get you in contact with them for sure. And if there's a subject or maybe there's a speaker that you think should be on the payments podium, email me, Kevin at paymentsprofessor.com. I'll do what I can to make sure that that question gets addressed or that speaker gets on here to have their say so what's happening in electronic payments industry. But for now, I'd say we know what a banker's bank is and class dismissed. <laughs>